Welcome back again to another episode of Reels Like the First Time, my journey trying to experience all that film has to offer, the good and the bad, all for the very first time. Joining me today to talk about Police Story are two returning guests. You can find them hosting the podcast, Two Mediocre White Dudes on Film, over on the PLD Project's YouTube page and wherever you get your audio podcasts. You can also find their previous episodes right here discussing the Evil Dead and the other one talking about his love for Ed Harris and the Abyss. It is, of course, PJ Campbell and Paul Denuso. Hello, gentlemen. Hi. Sorry we ruined the intro for everyone watching as we were like, (laughs) I can't believe we didn't make you laugh the entire time. I was not. I was not looking at either of you because I had the tab open for my actual intro in my notes oh. because I knew the two of you were going to be dicks. Oh, and so here we are. Wow! Just wow. calling us yeah. out right like that. Yeah, the shade is real. I mean, she's not wrong. <laughs> but... She's also not wrong. We were not being wrong. total assholes about it. I, but that's not the point. I absolutely know my audience, and I know the people that I brought on this show, and I know that if I even tried to be professional and stared either one of you in the eyeballs. It would not have worked out. We're so, really, what's that word? I, it's Pro. almost like she listens to our podcast and mm. knows exactly how we interact together. Shocking, right? I know. I can't believe it. There's something, <laughs> there's just something weird about someone actually knowing how we interact and deal with. And it's funny because people at my bar are starting to listen to the show. And, oh, no. <laughs> and so I've been getting random feedback from people at the bar. And now it's, yeah, yeah, your face says it all. And I'm like, oh, shit, I forget that we actually are starting to have a reach. And oh, like uh, one of my regulars started saying he wants to be on the show because he says he has words for you about for your, uh, yeah, for you because of your, uh, how you and I see trilogies. And apparently we are wrong about our, uh, tr- the way we look at trilogies. Oh, we are wrong. That's really interesting. Yeah, but I'm throwing it on you. It's much easier. <laughs> oh, gotcha, gotcha. Tips. You can add a, you can have a whole new uh, segment, which is like your 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 news bag or like your mailbag. That's just like tips with PLD and PJ. <laughs> I would actually love to do a mailbag section. I'm not going to lie to you. Yeah, I think that's a great idea. You say that I'll even pick in five cents every time it happens to Allison for the idea. I she love it. I want the royalties because we said it here first. Feels <laughs> <laughs> like the first time, it so is I recorded. get to claim that as as a royalty. <laughs> Sean, edit that out, Sean. <laughs> He's not going to. That's too much work. Anyway. (laughs) well, We're off to a fantastic start so far. Completely on track for exactly what we're talking about. Oh, we started? (laughs) I mean, to be fair to anyone who is listening to this at this point, and poor fucking Allison for dealing with us. (sighs) We have uh, been frequently told by people listening to Two Mediocre White Dudes that they enjoy the fact that it takes us almost half an hour to get to literally anything. They like our banter. So now you're stuck with it because who are you people? Who are you people? I it's like, you know, you, you host a podcast and you love having your friends on and you had a great time with them on separately. And it was such a great conversation each time. And then I'm like, you know, we should do a crossover and bring two mediocre white dudes on film onto this podcast. And before I even hit record, I was like, this was the stupidest fucking idea I've ever had in my entire life. Well, <laughs> we could have told you that. We, yeah, we like, honestly, we could have told you that in advance, but you know, we need to get the people what they want, Allison. And this that is, is like, this is all that they want is right of, here. This right here is a half an hour of random banter that you did not ask for on your show. I did not. This is going to get. 
Thank oh goodness. I'm so where's where's Kaiser when you need him, right? Just to jump in and don't invoke his name. If we say it three times, he shows up like Beetlejuice. You might as well. Gonna... <laughs> Look, I know that they're making a sequel to Beetlejuice for, with Michael Keaton, but honestly, Kaiser is Beetlejuice at this point. We might as well have just cast him. Might as well just acknowledge it. Um, And for those of you, for my tens of listeners watching and or listening who don't know who Kaiser is, you're fine. Promise. (laughs) This is about it. I'm I'm envious that you do not know. (laughs) This This is uh, about as inside baseball as it gets for uh, non-schmodown aficionados out there. What the fuck is schmodown? What the fuck is that? What is that? that That's right. I think we've worked on that show once. <laughs> oh, 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 yeah, that's right. That's right. Yeah, yeah, Sean, that's you can right. edit this out now. This is, you know. It's, it's all- nope, nope. This all must stay. <laughs> this is how it works. This is how it rolls. Well, welcome back, guys. I am very excited to have you both. Thank you for having us. It's, it's awesome. I've always enjoyed our conversations. And when I reached out to you guys, I sent my list over of my newly updated list of like things I wanted to cover. And PLD actually responded with, uh pj would love to do police story because pj you were working and then i think at yep. midnight i get a message back when someone says police story you say <laughs> and that, that that about tracks with how well i am at answering text messages these days because as it turns out working at a bar your entire schedule is flipped and then you're like wow i forgot to message people back that messaged me seven hours ago <laughs> or uh, 48 that. hours ago and then starts having really bad imposter syndrome and thinks you're mad at them that's exactly what i was gonna say i felt so bad because allison texted me and she's like look if you don't want to talk to me anymore like i'm sorry i don't know what i did and i was like it, it is not like that i am so sorry allison like dude i left pld on red like th- for four days one time i, I just it was we almost <laughs> we almost canceled two mediocre white dudes. It almost became you know hard. I've tried to cancel two mediocre white dudes. The problem is, is it's impossible to actually cancel white men. As it turns out, I have tried. It's not working. It does not work. He should have. He should have left. You should have left him on red for five days. Then PJ, I think that might have broke, really broken PLD right there. Yeah, I tried. Next it time, <laughs> try it. Yeah, just I'm, try it. Uh, you guys, he PLD would show up to your house if he didn't hear from you within like seven days. I guarantee I mean, it. Like he'd have a flight you know booked what, and ready man? to go. His wife is already sending him here at this point. Like, and that's, that's not a joke. So, that is you know, true. she's trying to get rid of him. She that's was like, anniversary. She yeah. bought me tickets to go out to see PJ. <laughs> <laughs> okay. How sweet. That's right, right? That's yeah. That's so nice. She's saying, please get the fuck out of the house. <laughs> I'm okay with that. I'm okay go with see, that. Go see your friend because I don't want to look at your face anymore. She's I'm like, I'm so tired right. of trying to like split my love with your fucking husband on the other side of the country. Please go see him. That's true. She heard about this guy in the bar who wants to talk shit to us. We can do it live in person now. So. Perfect. Hey, man. All right. Be nice to... I will not say the patron's name because, you know, I would like people to still like us and i also don't want them That's to feel threatened do, do a live show. show i'm just gonna do a live show at the, at the bar i'll just out drink them uh, honestly i wouldn't hate that idea but also i just assume that chaos would just be worse than normal if we were doing it live in a bar 
Well, I'm not the same leg. That's different than normal. How? I said worse than worse normal. Than, gotcha. Okay. Gotcha. <laughs> yeah. Worse than when you start, you know, including random patrons and alcohol. I feel like it's going to go badly. It, no, it's you never why know I literally you don't do a live like YouTube anything on this channel without at least like Sean or Jesse or Chris Anthony Lopez or Scott or anyone that can actually work the controls because I get very overwhelmed. Fair enough. I thought you a good point. It's why yeah. I don't edit any of this. Sean does. <laughs> I wish I, I, I was right very now. overwhelmed. Sean out for hire. not going to edit any of this tonight. Sean's editing none of it. I want to see how many times we can drop Sean's name throughout this. Sean, I might hire you to do some editing for me. You know, you're, you're, Go right you're, ahead. He's for hire. He loves okay. it. Um, He'll do it for really, really free. Okay. So. Uh, okay. <laughs> I'm kidding. I don't that's my favorite price. I'm going to quote that price, Sean. That's what she said. She He's going to edit this part out right here. This is going to get chopped out. Also, you hear like my mouth will say free but like 500,000. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. That's exactly what it is. So anyway, so back into it though, why, why is police story the one that needed to be covered with Uh, the two of you? I mean, I know for me, you know, not to step all over PLD on all this, but (laughs) no, I'm telling you to. Oh, okay, great. I've always wanted to step on you. Yeah, there you go. There, a boy. So, um, for me, when I look out at like all the things that we could have covered, it was a really great list. But I am such a fucking sucker for the Jackie Chan filmography, mm-hmm. and for me, I grew up watching so many of these movies on like VHS and just loving martial arts films. I think that they're such a specifically different type of filmmaking. I think Hong Kong was doing so many differently wild things for so long. And the importance of this film is not lost on a lot of people who see it uh, enough that criterion took the first two very recently and like inducted mm-hmm. it into the criterion, like bigger channel packages and things like that. And, you know, did 4k remasters on the first film. And this movie is like absolutely hysterical it's action-packed it was so good michael bay ripped it off 20 years later it (laughs) proves that jackie chan is a comedian an action star a director this is like such a seminal moment i feel like in hong kong filmmaking and i think it's the movie that ultimately pushes jackie chan over the top into what we know him to be like he was already Mm -hmm. doing other things but there's something about this film coming out in 1985 that just pushed him to being the superstar. And especially nowadays in the climate of how we are looking at police interactions with the people out in the open and the way we see police forces and things of that nature, this film also has like a strikingly interesting commentary Mm -hmm. on the way that police forces are used and the way that, people go about trying to put people away and what they like trying to force heroism on someone who is just trying to do their job. And that has always stood out to me. And I think that that's why I always go back to this. Like Jackie Chan has a very long filmography and everyone knows, like I've been going, I'm going slowly back through all of them right now. Like I've been buying all of them. Allison, you and I have been like going back and forth. Cause I know yeah. you guys been buying a bunch of them too. Yeah, and we've yeah. been talking about them back and forth and Police Story and Police Story 2 tend to be the ones that I seem to go back to the most. There's just Mm -hmm. something about these two 
And we're only talking about the first one tonight. And I have already put in a plea to do two <laughs> and Super Cop and First Strike down the line with Did all you? three of us. Oh. I have. This is not a joke. I think it is. Well, you act like you're not part of the group chat. I all of them. <laughs> yeah. I'm trying to give a little bit of drama here. Right? I love it. Love the cell yeah, ball. Anyway. Love the cell. <laughs> anyway, so it, it's just one of those that there's something about it that has always just really stood out to me. And they continue to really stand the test of time in a action scenario, in a comedic slapstick scenario, in the way that it actually talks about the real world. Like there's so much commentary, I feel like. And it just proves once again, that Chan is also just like a talented director. And so for that all together, this felt like for me, the kind of movie I could sit down and just really gush about and kind of take apart and have fun with, especially with you guys, because, you know, Paul and I do this weekly. This is like, (laughs) the thing we do is breaking down movies and pulling them apart and like looking at the pieces and finding things that are really cool. This movie just is so much fucking fun, man. Like it's it's so so fun. It's so fun. It's so funny too. So like, as I was watching again, I've mentioned this on the show before too. I have this issue when I'm watching these movies, especially when I'm watching them, like with my husband is I'll start watching it. And then from like, cause we've been together now for like, over a decade from like dating to getting engaged to getting married so he showed me like clips of this and that and the other like here and there throughout our relationship and as i'm watching the opening of police story i'm sitting there and i go wait i go is this the one that has that that whole bus thing and he just looked at me and goes can you just watch the movie like can you, can you just, can you just, just just watch and we'll get there like, <laughs> Tends to be an ongoing thing in my relationship where I try to root, but it was very cool because now I had an understanding of like where it came from. I had, I had, yeah, exactly. And I think that's kind of, that's super important. I think what, especially with like what you and Paul do on the aspect of like breaking down these movies and these series, franchises, what have you, in this case, it's taking a franchise, but I get to watch it all for the very first time, which is super fun for me not having the expanse like knowledge or background with Jackie Chan's Hong Kong career. I'm more familiar with his U S career. Like, well, and most people probably listening are to be fair. Like that's not just you. That's most people because it, you know, most don't realize like this movie didn't really get released here until well after it had come out in Hong mm-hmm. Kong originally and yeah. like around the world, you could get bootlegs of it. Sure. But these movies were like notoriously hard to track down until the late nineties, early two thousands mm-hmm. because no one was really releasing them, which is really fucking wild. Yeah. Especially mm-hmm. considering first strike came out in like 97, 98 and it is the fourth film in that franchise. And super came out in like 93 and it was the third film but they didn't really lean on the fact that, hey, there's actually two more movies. Right. Yeah. I didn't know. I'll be honest with you. Like, actually, I'll cut in with my little story here. The fact that I didn't get a Jackie Chan. I got a Jackie Chan in the 90s when Rumble LeBronx came out and when Quentin Tarantino gave him the Lifetime Achievement Award on MTV. That's when I got introduced. I had no idea who the guy was. I was like, Jackie Chan. Quentin Tarantino was like, talking about all this great stuff he did and everything. He introduced him. I'm like, this guy seems really affable. I never really heard of him. Rumble the Bronx came out. I saw that. And then I watched the Super Cop and for and I, all the movies. I'm like, wow. I found out later on that they were part of a series. I had no idea they were part of a series until much, much later on. I was like, okay, this is just too random. He looks like he's playing the same guy, but okay. 
didn't really think about it too much. I just had a good time watching him kick ass and be funny and man, great stuff. Uh, but then I got, that's when I did the deep dive and went back to the Hong Kong stuff. And I got to tell you, PJ, I haven't watched a lot of this stuff since like the 90s, early 2000s. PJ's yeah, been dragging me along. PJ has been kind of talking to me all this stuff. I know. He's been doing a Jackie Chan watch. I'm kind of like, I have so many things I'm doing right now, like, pod, like not with podcasts, with like all the other things I'm doing, but I do want to do it myself. So then when he pitched this, I'm like, this makes me watch it. I like yeah. that. And now that he's doing this whole, he pitches this whole series with basically because we have two mediocre white dudes mapped out for about, till about 2024. So he wants to sneak this into two mediocre white dudes on film. So he's totally using you for this 100%. thing. 100%. We'll and do it on crossover episode. You're, you're absolutely <laughs> right. This is a 100% me using uh, my goodwill with Allison to make sure that I can talk about some Jackie Chan movies that we will never be able it. to speak into your into our show. I love it so much. I think that's a great idea. I love the crossover. I love having episodes ahead planned that I can we can figure out it's gonna be great. I I can't and, wait. And I'm just gonna say right now, like if if we decide like this keeps going well and we're having fun with it, like if we want to do the Armor of God movies, like I'm super <laughs> or if we want to do Project A, like I'm down. Like let's fucking go, man. Like I will talk all the Jackie Chan movies. You you give me a chance. I will PJ's PJ's just gonna take over reels like the first time for me for like the next six months. It's great. So it'll be awesome. <laughs> I do what I can. That's incredible. Um so with so please story directed by Jackie Chan. So I was trying to do as much research as I could coming into this. This is not his is or is it his this is the first movie he's directed or no, it's not no, the no, first no. that he's directed to this. Point. Oh, no, no. Uh, Perfect. Because I, if I'm remembering correctly, the timeline wise, and a part of this gets weird for me because of the releases here versus the releases other places. Sure. I want to say the original Project A comes first. And okay. That's one of his earlier films. Mm hmm. Um, right. But this is the one right. that people start to notice him. Mm hmm. I feel like as a filmmaker, because the thing is, is that. Everyone knew who he was, and he had been doing a lot of the kind of period piece, you know, monk, the monk type movies and things like that, where you're doing these more like the Drunken Masters and the mm -hmm. Snake and Eagle Shadow. And he's doing stuff like that and Fearless Hyena. He's not doing things that are modern day stories a mm -hmm. lot. He's not doing stuff that's pushing him into a place where it's a little darker it's a little grittier it's still slapstick but there's a there's like a bite to it yeah mm -hmm. so yeah. this movie gets kind of pushes him to that if that makes sense for sure yeah it looks like so his first film he directed was 1979 in the fearless hyena then it was the yeah. young master Dragonland project a and then police story um that yeah. was one thing i really wanted to touch on too when i and i and i sent it to you guys i was trying not to message too much about it because i want to try to have like as off the dome type of a conversation uh as possible with it but the one thing that i noticed and and like don't get like again i've watched like with the u.s stuff like rush hour i mean jackie chan is fucking hilarious in rush hour yeah but like watching him in police story never realized just how good of like a physical comedy actor he is like because in my head i hear jackie chan i think of like stunts and kicking ass and all right. of those things Everyone, i don't yeah. think of slapstick rolling around in an office picking like buster keaton's at like picking up phones and like getting confused like it, it was all hilarious 
Oh, well, I think to your point, and sorry, Paul, I, I'll let you go right after this. I was just going to say, but I think it's a fair point, though, because the, in the 90s, when the U.S. audience was first introduced to him, uh, they really <laughs> leaned in on him as the action star. That's why it was Jackie Chan's first strike. That's why it was mm-hmm. Rumble in the Bronx. Right. Like the movies they were putting him in in the 90s trying to break him through were these super cop you were putting Mm -hmm. these movies out that were sounding bigger than life and pushing the action and the stunts and i mean if you remember those trailers paul because i know i do the way especially with uh rumble in the bronx it was like we're basically importing this dude who just does all his own stunts from hong kong and we're tossing him into a movie and we want you to love it and like Mm -hmm. the audience is kind of bit but not really because they didn't know him Right. It's just they, they try to market him like Tom Cruise is marketed now. Um, in a right. Way. It's all about how he does his own stunts and how he is amazing and how he risks life and limbs. And that's all true. Um, but really, that's only half the story when it comes to Jackie Chan. I mean, but in the 90s, that was like, that was what they were selling as the whole story. And if you watched it, you kind of like almost had to discover as you're going out, oh, this guy also is pretty funny. This guy is funny mm-hmm. as hell. Like, and he's a great actor. But also a great like facial actor. That's the best part about it. he got this really exaggerated facial expressions. It's like this face do stunts during the during scenes when his bodies are not doing stunts. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Absolutely, I, it's like I think you see it like the whole time in the the apartment scene with Selena when like he has his buddy come in and try to be this attacker and like his the face that he's making the entire time. And then when she figured like he's it's he's so good and not that he didn't know that he was good but like watching this it's just like oh he's really fucking good no, he's really fucking great and that scene is such a perfect example to your point of how comedic he can be but also kind of like badass because there's action there's there's still like action to it mm-hmm. the oh, comedy yeah. bits are so good and i was watching it with someone who had never seen it before oh and so like we were having the same conversation and it was kind of like oh my god look at how cool this is like it's a lot funnier than you're anticipating yeah yeah and it was kind of fun to watch someone watch it for the first time and see that because she was like i was not anticipating so much comedy and she was like this is very slapstick and kind of like cheesy in a good way and i was like yeah that's what he built his brand on for a long time. Because if you watch Fearless Hyena or Drunken Master and a lot of those older films, they're the same way. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of comedy in those Mm -hmm. movies and people don't really realize like he really, really knows how to put his body through comedy in a way that Chaplin and Buster Keaton would do. But Mm -hmm. he's also just good at delivering lines and just like pushing himself to make the character more interesting and seem more like oddly vulnerable, but also wrong. Like the, to your point, then they get back to the apartment and his girlfriend come, you know, they have the surprise party for him and she thinks he's cheap. Yeah. But then because he's trying to seem tougher and more badass, he starts making all these, you know, well, she doesn't love me or whatever. And like, it doesn't matter. I could be with a hundred women and it doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. And, she, and she's sitting there listening to it. Cause he has no idea that she's there. Right. And it's like the, the delivery of the dialogue is perfect. It that makes him seem like a, like an everyday man. Right. I think that's kind of right. what 
what connects it is like, yes, he's this badass who can kick ass and with his martial arts and like the stunts and like all of these insane things that he's doing, but his character is just a goofy cop put mm-hmm. into a situation that he may not have necessarily wanted to be put in. And he also has to deal with like everyday life things. Like you have like those, like a regular, like comedy movie, like, uh, you know, like, like a burbs or like, you're just put in these situations where it just ends up escalating and it's done so well mixed in with a big action movie. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, they've talked about in the past that part of when they were putting the movie together, they didn't write it like a typical movie like the set pieces and things were not written in the same way that a lot of the Hollywood ones are done where we map everything out and you kind of know exactly what it was going to be especially with the action sequences everything was built around them deciding we're going to use a car in this scene in mm-hmm. this one we're going to use an umbrella we're going to and everything kind of naturally evolved and that's kind of how a lot of his films feel and work is that there's a lot of improv happening with specific choreography at the same time and using things around you to make the movies more interesting and a little more real and a little more grounded. And I think that when you look at so many of the different martial arts actors and movies, if like the Donnie Yen movies and the Jet Li movies and a lot of the bigger like wushu type of filmmaking, there's a very fantastical nature to it. And Chan always seemed to want to move away from that and do something a little more real. And I think that that's why his movies continue to stand out and stand the test of time a little bit. And it makes it kind of fun. I love the fact that he uses like, he's notorious for even just using everyday items as props. Yes. During Mm -hmm. his fight sequences, especially like we're doing everything. Like it's cake, it's ladders. It's like. It's an umbrella. umbrella. It's it's a window. It's like. Yeah, it's a bus. It's It's, driving cars down a hill through a little shanty town. Like, yeah. It's It's a a mall. It's a lighting fixture from the, if you know, with, with that you're screaming. I think one of my, um, kind of like fast forwarding into my little like if it's on wikipedia it's true um (laughs) section but one of the things that i saw was that he that when filming that bus scene they had to switch from a wooden umbrella to a metal one because the wooden one kept slipping off and couldn't get like a good grip which then makes me think how many times did he like almost die speeding on a bus trying to make a wooden umbrella probably quite a few i'm not gonna lie we already know the big stone at the end he almost died at that point yeah well, and that's not the first time. Let's right. be real. I mean, if you look at Armor of God. If he doesn't or, die, if he doesn't almost die in a movie, it's not a Jackie Chan movie. That's right. Like right, right. I mean, and that's why he couldn't get insured over here. Yeah. Like, that's yeah. honestly, ultimately, <laughs> at the end of the day, why whenever he's basically made movies here, they have been highly cut down comparatively to the ones that we're used to with him, right? right. Like, mm-hmm. you look at the Rush Hour movies, and they're great, but the stunt work is not the, the stunt work level. you're used to with him so right now it's a little bit with the fight sequence at the eiffel tower but for the most part they're really not pushing him the way that you're used to seeing him right. in a lot of his movies and right. that's because they saw what he was doing and <laughs> it's funny because they still insure tom cruise but for right. some reason jackie chan mm-hmm. is was like a no-no <laughs> it's so I so like you mentioned like that last stunt. So again, back to the if it's on Wikipedia, it's true, which clearly it is true that yeah. that pole that he's sliding down, the lights that were on and ended up heating up the whole thing super hot. He like ended up with he like second degree burns on his hand, and he uh, had a dislocation of his pelvis upon mm-hmm. 
his landing. Like, well, I mean, insane. And you watch that scene. And one of the things I've always loved about his movies from Hong Kong in particular is is that they love to do on some of the big stunts. They do the replay, basically. I was going to say, I see him so much. And you see him going down every, like three yeah. or four you know times from like different angles. I'm always, yes. if you're going to have a big stunt like that, show it every fucking way you can. Much. Yeah. Right, and that's what I love because, you know, I don't think we, re- we take a little bit for granted how much these people put themselves through. Yeah. And that was actually yeah. the conversation that I was having while we were watching the movie was that, the team that Chan has around him is mm-hmm. trained so specifically to put themselves through such intensely damaging shit. Mm-hmm. Like right. they are an insane stunt team. The, yeah. You watch the Shantytown sequence and they are like, they are falling hard off of buildings insane. onto things. Like the fight scenes in the car, they're throwing each other through glass yeah, and, and all sorts of shit. Like they're pushing each other in yeah. insane ways. And so one of the things that I can appreciate is what Paul is saying. Show me every angle of what you're doing in this, because the moment it happens, you're, my mind is already blown and I'm not sure I've taken in all the information and you show me a new angle and I go, sure as shit. I didn't take in all the information. And now you start to see other little pieces in other people's reactions. It's crazy. What's funny to me about that too, do you think about it? I mean, Tom Cruise does it as well, but Jackie Chan's done it. He's like the first one who really did it. You take some of these, you take a lot of stunts in big movies for granted. You take like a big explosions, big, oh, it's a movie, it's movie making magic, yada, yada, yada. You don't realize what these people, this is why I've always been saying we need a stunt category for the Oscars. We've long needed a stunt category for the Oscars. Oh, for sure. Um, because these people would do like things that we we take for granted. We watch it and we watch a popcorn movie. Like, oh, it's great. It's fun. And I got entertained, but I don't really think about it. But then when you mm-hmm. get the chance, like PJ was saying, get that chance to see it again and again, you're kind of like, oh, they really did this. So they actually really did this stunt. Somebody actually got up there. He actually slid down that pole, got the camera angles of him getting shocked, getting 200 degree burns. And even just, it's, it's amazing to me what I think of it. I'm glad we get the chance for them to say, hey, asshole, watch this again because we really fucking put ourselves through it to do it. But see, I almost died. So you're going to watch it six times on repeat from seven different angles. Absolutely. That's the way it's you're going to lurk it. Well, exactly. and it's, you know, it's funny that you say that we absolutely need that stunt category. And then you look at what happened in Hong Kong. It won Best Picture at the right. Hong Kong Film Awards right. and Action Choreography, yeah. including uh, it got nominations in six categories altogether. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. amazing. Like, they over there embraced and took it in and enjoyed it. And, you know, I'll admit, like, the Academy Awards is getting a little more interesting and a little better as, as the years progress. Mm-hmm. It's still not perfect. But no. we yeah. still are just really overlooking action movies in like the choreography that goes into it well what you right. mentioned for jackie chan specifically even like in hong kong they actually have what they like they actually call it action director like some of the directors like i remember what well, i just watched one of his movies recently well you know what you're right and we kind of have that here but you know what we call it second so, unit second unit right exactly kind of thing but it's, sometimes it's so like for example i remember one of the films that he did like it, it'll actually say up they get the not just second unit like they actually get billed as like directed by jackie chan action direction by sammo hung like there's a couple of like movies like that kind of thing. they get that kind of actual this is who the action director is like it's that kind of respect and responsibility to put these things and i feel like it's, it's warranted especially for a film like this and for a film you know, of this uh nature no a hundred percent and it's funny because the other thing is, is you look at that and I, the closest I can think of off the top of my head comparatively to that is Civil War. 
Captain mm. America Civil War yeah. brought in David Leach and um oh god why am I blanking the gentleman who directed the John Wick films oh um good I, lord we've been away from Schmoe down for a while now uh, yeah um, I know that I, I I'm like I Chad, don't Chad, it's not like Chad, I, Chad, 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 yes thank I got you. there I got there name. so <laughs> well, proud no, you got you the first name I got the second name and we got there uh, or if you see, and this Matrix, is why, you know. no matter how much shit talking you do with each other, you make such a good team. <laughs> this is why we yeah. podcast together, and why we I liked writing with him. I hate admitting out loud that I actually needed his help, but here we are. I mean, here we are. <laughs> I love it that is what it is. But you know, we don't talk enough about the fact that you get guys like that who will like put their egos aside for mm-hmm. these guys can, are directing multi-million dollar films big franchise pictures and they decided to come on to civil war to help the russo brothers to direct the sequence involving the airport Mm -hmm. and that sequence stands out comparative to almost any other marvel action film yeah for that exact reason i mean captain america's civil war is probably i mean obviously like without talking like endgame and infinity war civil war is probably my favorite mcu movie i I think like right there yeah and i think that 20 minute sequence is a big part of why like Mm -hmm. when you talk about civil war you talk about the airport sequence. That's they what I was gonna so, say. Yeah, even if, yeah. Even, if, even if Civil War wasn't amongst your favorite, it's like I it's in my top fifteen Marvel. I, I like it a lot. But the what part I like about it that <laughs> sequence. Just kidding. You know what I just got confused oh. with Winter Soldier. Gotcha. I don't know why I did that. I lied. Not my favorite. Winter Soldier is my favorite. That's fair. It's okay. We're taking over this now. It's that. fine. Don't worry, guys. <laughs> it's cool. Don't worry, guys. But. I got to it this time, so y'all can't yell at me in my comments, even though none of you comment anyway, so it's fine. <laughs> I want everyone to leave all the comments today. <laughs> We're going to do write invent burners just to uh, create, write all the do comments. Do it. Yeah. Just to yell at me. Who's that dumb girl? Should oh, be talking about yeah. movies. Oh, what idiot. <laughs> <laughs> That's a pretty I mean, good they should just really say that about voice, us. Right? I mean, you know why they don't say it about Paul and I? The name really just... I, I can't tell you how many times I tell people that that is our podcast name, and they just look so confused at first, and then they laugh. Like, it's almost yeah. disarming to the point that it's uncomfortable. Like, how can you already, like, make fun of them? They're already calling themselves mediocre, so, like, exactly. what, what more could you do? Come at me, bro. Yeah, like, please. I'm already very self-aware of what I am. Yeah, like, that was why we did it. Like, honestly, it was a joke. We hadn't named the podcast when we did the first episode. Right. We just started recording, and right as we started to hit record, I went, Paul, let's just call it Two Mediocre White Dudes, and it just kind of stopped. Like, it was not an, it was never an intentional thing that it started as a joke between us, and it kind of fit. Personally, gentlemen, I find both of you slightly above average wow god you're so so sweet i'll take it i I wish you wouldn't inflate my ego like that i'm trying to keep myself you know grounded oh right yeah we're we're, we're trying to keep mediocre otherwise we might start getting a little too never might start making i don't want to be average (laughs) yeah two average white dudes on film sounds way less interesting we don't want to sell out we don't want to sell out to the man who never underestimate the power of mediocrity Damn the man. Save the empire. Save the empire. I love it. Um, But I think it's very interesting. So you had mentioned kind of like the idea of like the popcorn and the blockbuster and how this movie 
grossed worldwide total at this point now it's been 18 it was 18 million a little over 18 million almost 19 million worldwide which is now equivalent to like 50 million at least in like 2022 almost 51 million but all of that was overseas right in yeah. europe and asia which i think is insane because like again like i think maybe most americans or i can't say for everybody but like but for me when i think of jackie chan or i think of <laughs> like a, a john Yu or john woo and how he directs movies or when i think of donnie Yen or all of these different people i think of martial arts films yeah. right i've never this podcast has opened my eyes up more to the idea of the hong kong action which is not necessarily martial arts martial arts it's, is, is its own thing mm -hmm. right it totally is it's completely its own thing and and it it took me watching um i still have to hopefully eventually record the episode with so it was on, but i watched hard boiled for the first time and i got to like oh, yeah that you was were my, blowing us up i was like, you were doing what is this like, this is insane That's but true. like that was that was my my first foray really into the idea of a of hong kong action right and and, and like when, oh man, when Tony Leung showed up on my screen, I went, oh, oh, there he is. Look at that young, look at that handsome man. I was like, oh boy. Um, but Can we like, just talk about the fact that Hollywood is finally giving him his due too? Like, use, Marvel was so smart putting to use, him in Shang-Chi. Oh, absolutely. Because, like, the one thing I'll say, because we're kind of on that conversation, you're right, there's a totally big difference between a martial arts film and, like, some of the Hong Kong action films. Because, mm -hmm. like, a lot of those action films are, they might have martial arts in them, but they're actually more like gung fu movies or yes, gantata right. movies. And it's the stuff that the matrix was like super based off of. Right. right? Mm -hmm. You look at that or what was the um, equilibrium? That was another one. It was gantata. Like that was a huge thing for that movie. But when you look at what they were doing with Shang-Chi, they looked at, all these martial arts films and it was like you have to get tony leung because if you're going to make a martial arts film in america that is like a love letter to those movies mm -hmm. get someone like him get those people who are like have been there yeah. i'm actually almost surprised that jackie chan wasn't in the first one yeah. because you were getting yeah right like i thought about that a lot i thought for sure when they announced that movie that he would have been like arguably one of the first people they cast and then they didn't yeah so right. i'm hoping that he'll show up in the sequel we know that they're making one right so but you know you need those kind of presence and even i thought that was really smart with star wars too like getting donnie yen they wanted to have a you know someone who was not a jedi but a force user who was skilled in martial arts get someone like donnie yen mm -hmm. and then you look at the john wick movies the john wick movies have been very smart with how they place it and again donnie yen and john wick 4 was the whole thing and the highlight can i just say i had to do the whole thing to you because most of the movies i've seen with donnie yen in it he's playing a blind person <laughs> so i had to double check and do the google search is donnie yen blind and it literally <laughs> it was i just i literally typed into the google search bar is donnie and it said yeah it completed it for me yen blind question mark and i was like oh i guess i'm not the only one <laughs> well considering how often he's done it i mean it's totally yeah. fair and i love that they have really leaned on that and i think when you look at the unfortunate side effect of that though is that because things like police story were so popular 
Mm-hmm. And, you know, they looked at it and they went, we want to make stuff like that with Jackie Chan in America, but they didn't get why he was so popular. Right. And so then they would start to lean on the comedy more. Mm-hmm. And then they took away a lot of the grounded action. Like, I enjoy the tuxedo. I have a real soft spot for that movie, but it almost de- defeats the purpose. Like, yeah, giving him a super suit is not why he is Jackie Chan. Now, he has also made his own superhero type movies since in hong kong because that is the shift of the world but we're talking like 2000s and then he'd go back to hong kong and make new police story or the third armor of god film like he was still jackie chan right and you were leaning on all the wrong things the only ones that really work arguably were rush hour and shanghai noon Mm -hmm. which i've not seen i've not seen the shanghai noon or shanghai nights oh You know what's funny? Shanghai Nights gets slept on a lot, but that movie has Chan and Donnie Yen fight each other. Oh, that's amazing. Yeah. Is Donnie Yen blind in that one? Can I just get that spoiler out of purpose? No, he's not. (laughs) He's he's real good. And their fight scene is super cool. Like it I don't want to spoil it. You haven't seen it. It's such a cool goddamn fight scene. Yeah. And you'll lose your mind because it's funny seeing those two guys together. Yeah. I'm excited. That's awesome. No, I'll definitely guess we got to put that on the list for uh, to cover on at some point as well for our Jackie yeah, I love this. I love that the list keeps growing because of us. I love it. I'm sorry, Paul. I'm signing you up for shit you didn't ask. Literally, for. it's going to be like I'm going to like pre-record a bunch of things and then I'm going to have nothing planned out and I'm just going to hit you guys up and be like, hey, what are we gonna, just going to talk about this one? Because I need to fill. So I'm okay. I'm being the professional backup. <laughs> like, I'm so good. Yeah. Look, man, I. I've been the rebound many a times. It's cool. <laughs> I really haven't, but it's a good enough joke. To actually it, was, it was a great joke. I appreciate I it. I believed it, PJ. I believed it. <laughs> I, I, you know, I really, I wanted to be a method actor once upon a time. You know, I really <laughs> into my soul mm. about that. You know, yeah. job well done. Job well done. I love it. Um, Another couple of things I kind of picked up just from like reading around and I would probably maybe even like go to agree with, but the idea that the entire final action sequence in the mall with all the glass shattering, the sugar, all of that is probably would probably rank, I would think in most people's top 10 of like action sequences of all time. It's absolutely up there. Oh, 100%. Yeah. And I think that's because you again what were we talking about earlier right this sequence is so wild he got so hurt doing it and the thing i think that also pushes it to that and we haven't really talked about the shift in tone from the (laughs) second act of the movie to that third act because the movie is so funny for the first two acts and so like it's serious but not really and then he is pushed to this breaking point I'm and actually going to say like, that. I want to jump in real quick, PJ, on this. Yeah, I wonder yeah do it. I love the fact that, like, you talked about how before he was kind of slept on for his comedic stuff. That's why when we first came over to the U.S., he was the action guy, he was the stunt guy, he kind of got slept on a little bit. I think after that, people discovered his action and his comedy moves. I think they sleep on him as an actual just dramatic actor. The guy Ooh, actually has absolute chops. And, like, it seems like my, my son came down during one of the most, I think during the, was it, I think it was the scene when he was in the police, the, uh, the, the police room, he takes the, the chief hostage or whatever. He watched mm-hmm. the one sequence and get, dude, this guy's a great actor. I'm like, I know he is. He's fucking Jackie Chan. Uh, but like people get, see, yeah. get something because he gets so much out of his physical comedy. And physical, you don't 
see him as anything more than just the, oh, he's the funny action guy. No, mm -hmm. he's actually got serious chops. And if you'll see later on, watch a movie like The Foreigner much later on, where it's completely yeah. serious and dramatic. And Jitsu Incident is a great, uh, that movie is wild because it is not an action film. It is like a serious drama. drama. Yeah. He is mm -hmm. great. And he's great in it. He is absolutely great in it. But I digress. Go ahead, PJ, with the action part of that. No, no, no. Actually, you're not wrong, right? <laughs> and that's part of why it works. Yeah. Because people are so disarmed in that moment. Like, it's actually uncomfortable. Yeah. The 100%. way that when you look at how Chan breaks in the movie, like, it is so uncomfortable. And because he doesn't feel like the character you've come to love to that point right. because he has been so uh, like he is the standout hero and here he is getting totally fucked over right mm -hmm. everything that has happened to this point and he realizes like how fucked the entire system is after everything he's gone through and this dude's gonna walk away mm-hmm Wow. And like this trial has happened. He is disgraced after he was forced into the limelight when he didn't even want to be like, that's the whole thing about this too, is they forced this limelight on him where that he doesn't want to be a hero. He's just trying to do his job. Like he says it outright when they do this fucking press conference. Right. And then, so you get to the end of the movie and it's such a like starkly juxtaposed version of look at what you forced him to become mm -hmm. and look at what it forced him to become. Right. Like mm -hmm. you forced one thing and you broke his spirits to the point that he does something fucking unspeakable by going after this guy in public. Right. And right. almost, you know, spoiler, almost killed him. He had to be talked down. Yeah. Talked and down. that's why that sequence is so great because it's a starkly dark shift in the tone of the film that pushes a character that you have come to love to his deepest darkest breaking point yeah. so when he does what he does you're actually horrified because not only is that not the kind of thing you're anticipating from him but now you're seeing what he's doing and it's psychotic it's literally like that was in my head too i was like oh he he at the end, like after he slides down and he gets him like oh he's got the bad guy he's gonna put him in his cuffs and we're just going to end the movie is where my head was going because that's the character that he's built for three quarters of this movie. Right. Like I, yeah. you're, you're, you're going through it. And then now he's sitting there and he is just like, just beating him. And I'm just like, Oh my God, he actually is going to end up really murdering, murdering someone. Yeah. And it's not the, it's not what I expected, but I still, and it made it so that the ending it was still a happy ending in the sense that, like, you got your bad guy, but also felt very unresolved. And I guess, like, I can't talk more on it because I haven't seen Police Story 2, and I don't know, so yeah. I don't know where that picks up, and there's right. like, we don't want to go into it. But it really did, like, when the film ended, I kind of had one of these, and not in a bad way, but I had one of these, I went, oh, that's it? Like, mm. that's how we're ending it? Well, Moments? Yeah, and I actually... Go ahead. Oh, sorry. No, I didn't mean to cut you off. I apologize. And I was going to say, you know why that works? Because you're, again, you are anticipating one thing. Right. And then right. it goes such a different direction. And when it ends, you're uncomfortable. You are very because uncomfortable. It's, it, it's, I went and saw Night of the Living Dead at the loft, actually. Mm -hmm. um, oh, it's so funny. That, that was last week's episode. That's coming. That's coming. Hey, look at me. Synergy. Wow. You know, bring this all around. But Night of the Living Dead is very similar. That movie is a little bit horrific, mm -hmm. but it's really mostly very campy. Like it's a 60s film and it takes about the last 
two minutes of that movie to suck the air out of a room yeah. and the movie ends and you are like, but... I'm sorry, what? What just happened? Yeah. Right. Like, what just happened? That's kind of what Police Story does. Like, it's very satisfying, but at the same time, it's almost dark and kind like it's kind of happy but not really oh, like yeah. he had to be then, talked down from murdering someone and he right. still beats out of him <laughs> and he right. the very last and frame then, is them holding him back from doing more now that now that i know and at least knowing like i know there's a police story too so mm-hmm. i know there's a yeah. continuation in the story right so it makes me want to go and watch so i can be like the fuck happened after this like right. where are we picking up how is this going because it really is like you to watch someone reach their breaking point because i think the one thing that they do so well in the storytelling is talking about how much of a stand-up officer mm. right he is and they put him in the face right exactly and i think it was interesting too is while he's having that breaking point where they're 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 charging with murder of another officer all of those ads are playing as this is going mm-hmm. on like so you already have this thing that he didn't want to do and now he's doing it but the ads haven't started playing, but now that he's not being seen as a stand-up guy and it starts losing his mind, you're specifically seeing these ads that are mm-hmm. going through and going on and he has to watch these. And I think that was just such, whether that was how they meant for it to be done, I think that choice of making sure we saw what he did in the beginning as this face to having to watch it now while he's at his at, at this at this breaking point right i thought was such a smart choice to do agreed no like, it totally is and it's the thing we were talking about right there's a very reasons. specific social commentary to it i feel mm-hmm. like and that's very interesting to me and i'll even say like the ending of this movie is almost really ghastly in mm-hmm. uh a modern context Oh, um, yeah. and seeing someone going as far as they go because this is a very specifically hot topic issue right. in mm-hmm. this country and across the world now because you're seeing it happen all the time where mm-hmm. people are in police forces that are taking matters into their own hands and things go absolutely too far Yeah, and th- so that is so interesting that they push that sort of narrative because it's a thing we see all the time. It's mm-hmm. kind of funny, especially because, like I said, like they, it's the 1980s, so it was a much different yeah. time. But like, so a line that back in the 80s, and not just Hong Kong, in the 80s in general would have been, it's absolutely fine. Like they have Uncle Bill and uh, the chief of police there. They said, like, well, you're going to help me write this report. I didn't see anything. Mm-hmm. And like, it was, just, it was a big jokey line. And back then, mm-hmm. that's what it was. Nowadays, it, it is a little darker means something a little different in a way you can't kind of get away with that as much like as a humor side of it i still right. laugh because i grew up in the 80s and that's like i knew what the intent was but if you try to look at it in a different context it's like oh okay this is an interesting look back from 19 from 2023 back on 1985 86 or whatever it was i mean and honestly like I, you until you said that i hadn't really thought about that because i read i took the line in as comedic as well and i had what but it was probably because of what I just witnessed right. leading up to it and having how heavy it is to then have this this delivery being a comedic delivery. You can mm-hmm. kind of have that uncomfortable <laughs> kind right. of like right. laugh moment watching it so that you're ending on a bit of a lighter note. Right. But it really making that comparison though with it, how that would hit today makes even more sense. Yeah. And right. I never would have thought about that until this conversation right now. 
Yeah, and it's funny. I just think the movie continues to age well, and that's why I think <laughs> when you see people like Criterion picking it up, there's a very specific reason. It's not just the stunt work. It's right. not <laughs> just what it is, because this is arguably in the top 10 action comedies of all time. Really? There's no world where it's not, because you okay. have the Buster Keaton feel to it with so much madcap comedy mixed with some like thrilling action sequences. I mean, that car fight is just spectacular. Insane. Oh, it's yeah. crazy. Yeah, yeah. Like the car sequence is incredible. Like the, the opening of the film is so good that Michael Bay ripped it off 20 years later for bad boys too. Like, <laughs> I mean, he didn't even hide it. It nope. is just <laughs> right out ripped it off. Yep. He just flat out ripped it off because it was that good. Jackie Chan is such a good director. Michael fucking Bay was like, I have to do that. Yep. Mm -hmm. Like that, that's crazy to me. Mm -hmm. And you think about that, but I think that when you look at Criterion, they also pick up stuff like Night of the Living Dead. These mm -hmm. movies that have very specific social commentary in a modern era that mm -hmm. even though they were like they were written at a specific time, they age very specifically because things are not being treated the way they right. should they are not handled the way they should and these films need to be preserved because they're also pushing you to see things mm -hmm. that are ghastly and right. bad like again to the point of the night of the living dead like you look at it and they those cops very clearly know that he is a survivor right mm -hmm. but they're white men in the south and they see a black man and why not just kill him right 100 percent, absolutely like, it's it's yeah it's it's awful. And you're just so sh it's appalling. Mm -hmm. And so this movie does, it's not, I wouldn't say it's like the same level of that, but to have a cop who goes so far off the rails that he is like, has to be held back from murdering someone. Even mm -hmm. if, even if the dude is a drug kingpin who deserves it and continues to get away with all his crimes because, you know, he was set up. Mm -hmm. Right. Like Chan's Chan gets set up by all of this, but good lord, man! Like you watch it happen, and it's like God. That is the stuff we're dealing with, right? Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Oh, one hundred percent. And I think kind of again with Criterion and when they choose to release things and the type of releases that they yeah. get, they're they're not dummies. No, That's absolutely sure. not. I mean, they're 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 definitely not. Um, kind of going more into like your love of Jackie Chan. If you had to give it, I didn't tell you guys ahead of time, Ooh. so you're welcome for this, but uh, this is just me. I, you're I going first, know. DJ, you're going first. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm, I'm forcing you. <clears throat> um, if you had to give, cause we love top three lists on, on reels, like the first time, oh, if you geez. had to say, I, I will make it so it does not have to be ranked, okay. but your top three, Jackie Chan movies. Ooh. What would they? I know be? what. I do know what my number one is, and this okay. is like, okay. uh, this is a very specific one for me, and I th and I think that this is one that has over time become many people's like quintessential Jackie Chan movie. If you watch his filmography and you really dive deep into it, <laughs> Drunken Master Two is the ultimate Jackie Chan film of comedy drama action adventure it is so badass yeah. it is so fun it is 
so insane. The fight sequences are remarkable. Like the stuff he puts his body through in that movie, it makes me hurt watching it. But yeah. like, the last fight sequence is 20 minutes and it includes him wild, wild. on coal, like barefoot on his hands on coal. It is wild, a wild. spectacular film. Um, and I think it, le- it also, because he made so many period type pieces, it's a period film too, but it has a little bit of a modern edge to it, which makes mm-hmm. it kind of interesting. That movie is great. And I, I, I know that here it was released as legend of drunken master. So I'm sure a lot of people have seen it right, right. under that title, mm-hmm. but it fucking rips, man. Like that is, that movie is just spectacular. Uh, police story would also be the, in that list. Like I said, I think when you talk about these films, there's a reason we keep going back to it. Like it mm-hmm. just stands the test of time. It's spectacularly directed. It's super fun. It's just a goddamn good movie. Mm-hmm. Like it just is. Absolutely. Absolutely. Now my wild card is one. I don't think that people are going to really anticipate or expect. And I, I might even get pushback on people who say this and they don't, and they're going to be like, wait, really? But he made a film that came out in what year? 89. So a couple years after this, and it was this really spectacular film called the Cantonese Godfather. It was called miracles here. Right. It is a remake of Lady for a Day and Pocket Full of Miracles, two movies that I adore greatly by Frank Capra. Jackie Chan decided to remake it himself, and it's a very fun, kind of slapsticky film that has a lot of really great action, and it's got a big heart. It's a it's more of a rom com. Yeah. And it's really, really fun and sweet and cool. And there's a bunch of the, you know, people that you're going to recognize, of course, because so many use so many of the same actors so frequently. But it's kind of like a very different type of period piece for him. He's never quite made anything like that since him becoming like a crime lord by mistake because he's like he tries to attempt to save a crime lord. It's very fun. And okay. very cool and very different. And there's some spectacular set pieces in it. All right. Uh, let's see. All these are that I have to add to the list to watch. <laughs> so... yeah. All right. Um, Paul, it's your turn. You, you've uh, had all this time. I know. I know. PJ extended as much as he could for you. He, I really, he bought me some time. He bought me some time. I'll, I'll give him credit where credit's due there. Um, well, I actually would actually agree with Drunken Master 2. That was actually the first one I was thinking of in my head because that's one of the, that's one of the, that, last action sequences and one of my favorites of all time by far i'm really glad to see that you finally uh became a sophisticated individual in the last 30 seconds yeah you know what you can go fuck yourself um anyway i like the <laughs> no you're not wrong you're not wrong absolutely i mean i do i do love what you have to say there about that i actually do like miracles as well i wouldn't put it in my top in my top uh listing there but i do appreciate your thoughts there um for Thank me you. i do have uh, this is complete nostalgia based but I always have a soft spot for Rumble in the Bronx because that was the first Jackie Chan movie I ever saw. That's so good. And so, like when I got so introduced good. to that world and that and that act and that performance and that actor, it stuck with me throughout everything. And it is—it's a solid piece of work. Um, I was just amazed by the. This is where I like talking about using the 
um, the everyday effects like the refrigerator. That whole sequence, not even at the end, it's the middle with the, the refrigerator and, and the junkyard sequence they have there in the middle, it, the shopping cart, everything about it. it just so many things like, what the hell is going on? I don't even know what's going on here. I, never, I had never seen anything like that before because I'd never seen anything Hong Kong based at all. So this was all sort of new world to me. So at the same time, it, it might be a little bit a basic bitch kind of move to, to pull that one out there. No, but no, no. I think that's a great choice, to be honest, because it is as your first time, you kind of remember it. And I'm going to be honest, great set pieces. It's super fun. Mm -hmm. Like, that's a good movie. Plus, the hovercraft sequence is super dope. Yes. (laughs) That's the first time seeing the bloopers afterwards. I kind of like never really saw them do that in movies before. I don't think before that was like, oh, this is a cool thing behind the scenes at this point. Uh, Having Mm -hmm. fun with that as well. Um, For the third one. I mean, it's a bunch I could go with. I, I, I mean, like, I love the I love the original Drunken Master as well. Um, I actually do love that I one. Mean, it's a fearless classic. hyena is great. Fearless hyenas like, is up there. Um, go with. I, I go tried up. to stay away from some of the biggest titles. I am too. It's why I'm like I want to say Harmor of God. But I don't want to go any of those because those are such. I, I avoided those for that exact reason. <laughs> <laughs> like we all know those are good. So what's the real good ones? Fuck, I'll throw it. I love them in the Cannonball Run too. How about that? <laughs> oh, you bitch. Come on. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I, I was going to say, I was like, you don't do that. I mean, like, there's plenty that I can think of. Like, Dragons Forever. What a movie. Dragons Meals on Meals. What a movie. I think I'd go with, I honestly think I'd probably go with The Young Master. Young Master. Ooh, what a good there. choice. All right, all right. I'll give you that one. That one's one of the ones that first really brought me, like when I went back and started watching the Hong Kong, because I went in Drunken Master first. And then I went, I, the Young Master is probably the second one, I want to say. Um, but I loved him being in there with um, uh, Yun Biao. That's the way I say his name. Mm-hmm. Is. I love that. I'm always horrible at the name pronunciations. I love their their uh, camaraderie between each other. Uh, the action sequence at the end there with Cam and Dragon. Uh, such a powerful sequence overall. It's it's not well known as comparatively, I don't think, as far as some of these other ones go. Um, but I really like I like the young, long haired Jackie Chan and let's get his his game on, so to speak. That's awesome. Great. The whole reason I asked for this is I want to see which ones I'm gonna watch next. So uh, well, thank you. Okay, <laughs> well, so here's the problem. That's a very different question. Yeah, that, that is a very that's true. That's and true. I didn't want to get I didn't want to be here for two hours tonight. So but you know what I'll say. You know what? There is one reason to watch the Young Master, and because you get to hear Jackie Chan singing Kung Fu, Kung Fu fighting at the end there. I yeah. love that. I love I mean, that look, so much. I'll say this though: to, if you're if you really want to know like this rabbit hole that you can go down, mm-hmm. there's so many of these that are great. But you got to look at some of like the Snake in the Eel Shadows. You've got to look at the Young Master. Mm. Like he's totally right, Fearless Hyena. But you also have to watch like Project A. Yeah. Because Project A was specifically like that Buster Keaton slapstick adventure film. Mm-hmm. It's a period piece. Samo Hung is in it. You need to watch. Um, like I said, Wheels on Meals is very specifically one you should watch. Um, the Armor of God films. Heart of Dragon is excellent. Dragons Forever is excellent. Like We have Dragons Forever, so that one yeah. will definitely be be watched and covered at some point for sure. You know what I, I threw out there? Because it was like one of the first times you really got into that like slapstick stuff, I feel like. Half a Loaf of Kung Fu. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Half a Loaf of Kung Fu is great. Uh, Mr. Nice Guy, which is actually directed by Sammo Hung. That's right. Is very really quite good. And if, uh, if your husband doesn't have that yet, there's a Warner Archive did a great release of that a couple of years ago that actually has the international cut restored in 4K, oh, which then had never been done before. Oh, very which cool. Which was like a big deal. Um, 
there's you know it just kind of depends on what you're looking for but like even gorgeous is really good that's another one that was much more of a rom-com for him oh, that yeah i forgot about that super one. Kind of, yeah like oh. most people do because it's so atypical for the yeah. things that he does mm-hmm. allison i might end tony up making in that too tony lung is in that you're one just gonna make me a list i love that pj thank you for thank you yeah. for this yeah like I, honestly, <laughs> but I can just message you and be like pj which one do you want to talk about next because i have a gap and i, I yeah I, I've been having so much fun revisiting them lately because it's been a little while since I had sat down with any of like the more old school obscure stuff. Mm-hmm. And like, like I told you, like police stories, arguably outside of like drunken master two and you know, the operation Condor movies, those are the ones that I would always go back to. Yeah. So to go back to some of these ones that I've always loved them, but I'm reminded how talented he was from the seventies on, like mm-hmm. he was making great movies that we kind of sleep on. And I almost think that we're doing a disservice to his filmography when, you know, I love super cop. I love rumble in the Bronx. Yeah. I love a lot of those movies, but like, let's talk about dragons forever. Right? Let's yeah. talk about the, you know, those type of movies because they're getting lost. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Well, I think you have to give someone like Jackie Chan the flowers that he deserves. Like, I feel like without Jackie Chan doing his own stunts in Hollywood, we don't have the Tom Cruises jumping out of the airplanes or in the stratosphere. I feel like, like he, like there's not oh, absolutely there, there's there's so many, we don't have without Hong Kong action. I feel like we don't have the John Wicks and and what that draws from it because oh, I think that's one thing that I've really loved being able to go back and watch these movies, whether having a podcast or not. But one thing that I've been able to do and really opened my eyes by watching all these different movies of these different genres that I have never given the time of day to or appreciated is I'm now seeing all the pulls in American films and in Hollywood that pulls from these things like the hard boils and the police stories and all of that and and the effect that it has now and it makes me i feel like i appreciate that even more well and that's why i love that because it's the reason i push so much of the hong kong cinema these days to people who don't who like love action movies but don't really realize how much we've started borrowing from other countries like movie making and then it gets like lost in time and then people go back and they're like yeah but you know because john wick 3 like very specifically and i love john wick 3 like this is not a dig but it very specifically borrows from a movie called villainess Mm -hmm. that is super great that came out in hong kong a couple years before the motorcycle sequence in that movie is very specifically modeled after the sequence in that movie Mm-hmm. And then people go back and watch that one and they're like, it's fine, but like the John Wick one. And I'm like, no, you have to like understand like this came first. that movie's fight <laughs> sequence did it first and it is fucking awesome. Right. Right. And like, there's technically not this scene without the, I mean, there could have been, but since you can tell the inspirations being brought from it and trying to at least have that appreciation it's like now i might go back and watch bad boys too just to watch the opening scene again to see it be ripped off from a police yeah, story because right. i i've seen bad boys too at this point and I, it's been a very long time because all i remember is the gratuitous building exploding that michael bay just <laughs> loves to do but <laughs> it's going to be that's going to be hearing that from here it's going to be interesting to go back and watch it and compare 
to what they were doing in right. police story well the greatest thing about we live in a golden age of media as far as things i know we can talk about the streaming wars and things and take off services and everything else but we have Fuck more Netflix access and their stupid fucking no password sharing bullshit we have, heard it here <laughs> we have more access to these films than we ever had before back in the 80s mm -hmm. we were like you had to go to the bot to the mom and mom and pop shop who might have imported a few vhs's from from hong kong kind of thing or like or, you might get a dvd from a mailing service or something now we have access to these things so we can mm -hmm. really find these and get these comparisons and watch how the, the evolution of these cinema things happen it's wonderful it totally is because i remember even in the 90s like if i wanted to get a hold of a lot of this stuff like i you'd have to go to like a sun coast yeah and it had to be almost special ordered because their martial arts import section was just shockingly tiny because right. they weren't really getting that stuff so you'd have to special order it and then a lot of the time because the distributors were so confused about the movies you'd end up with the wrong movie without realizing it like i can't tell you how many times it took us to get a hold of the second so the honor of god movies were released out of order yep. mm -hmm. because americans are fucking stupid yes we, the wine scenes fucked up the entire release because no shock they're fucking terrible mm -hmm. so my, i digress so every <laughs> time i tried to get a hold of armor of god they would always send me a copy of operation condor and i was like no i am trying to get a hold of Armor of Armor God. God, right? Oh my <laughs> like, God! Not Operation Condor Two that you guys, for some reason, called Operation Condor here. I want Armor of God, right? Mm -hmm. Like that's it. But they kept sending me the wrong one, and it was so frustrating because it was like, no, that is not what I am looking for. Like this is not that hard, but it was. Right. It was very hard to find a lot of this stuff, mm -hmm. and it's it's wild to me to, to bring this like really full circle. This film did not get a release in america on the big screen until 2019 that's it so wild movie, yeah it took this movie 25 years almost to get a limited to release get a proper mm -hmm. limited release in america and only make because it was a limited sense. release i think it only ended up grossing according to again according to wikipedia it's true uh because of how they did the limited 2019 release it only grossed like 113 thousand and you know partially that is also because everyone at this point who is going to go see it is only doing it because it's on in theaters on a big screen are, yeah. right everyone else is like well i can just watch it at home right right like re-releases do not always work no and mm -hmm. because chan star honestly is waved in like waned a lot in america that's and that's not a dig it's no, just true. It's, true it's true i mean because he's he's when when you look at it yeah because it's it's he's gotten older his stunts aren't going to be they're not going to hit the same as like what other people might be doing and i think it's unfortunate because i think and again i mean i'm probably one too that like i was i i'm pretty sure the first movie i ever actually watched all the way through that had jackie chan in it was when like rush hour came out in theaters yeah. and i went and saw that like that was honestly like i'm sitting here thinking about it and looking through his filmography and i'm pretty sure that was the first thing i've ever seen him in but i knew who he was mm -hmm. i knew what he had done i'd watched him in interviews like i knew who jackie chan was but i'm not i it, for me until now i wouldn't have been the target audience to go see that re-release or to deep dive into things the way i'm trying to do now and i'll say this like i still watch all of the stuff he puts out from hong kong i'm like very excited for his new one called right on it's 
gotten very interesting reviews. It looks a little, uh, it looks a little bit like his version of like cry macho that Clint yeah. was doing. It's like very self-reflective of his career and it yeah. seems very good, but like he's been making movies still. Mostly he went back to Hong Kong because yeah. Yeah. he was just not being offered anything over here. That was really worth his time. Yeah, The foreigner, like, like get the foreigner, but it tanked. It really tanked. I'm just unfortunate. Cause it was actually a very interesting film because him and Pierce Brosnan together. But then, yeah, after that, he pretty much went down back at that point. I mean, this, and that was 2017. Yeah, this man has been in a hundred. So it's according to IMDb, he's been in 139 movies, with eight potentially rumored or in development um, films, like in development for 2024's new Police Story too. Right. Um, yeah. You know, it's so like forever. Literally, you're talking about possibly 147 movies that's fucking insane Mm -hmm. that is an insane career why wouldn't you go back to the place where if you're not being celebrated here in the way that you should be i would absolutely go back to where the people are going to love me and i can do what i want to do what i love to do and and have fun doing it well it's very interesting too because now it does look like he is coming back to america because Mm -hmm. he's actually doing the sequel to the karate kid which was mm-hmm. one of the better dramatic works that he got to do it was the one time they gave him something to do right, right. He, was, he was definitively the best thing by far about that movie i'm not a big fan oh, of, of the 2010 karate kid. i'm not a big fan of it at all but i was a big fan of him in it he did wonderfully mm-hmm. in it um he didn't he, he get a chance i mean much of whatever you can call it a cash grab rush hour four could bring him back into the limelight a little bit too which would be at least sure. talking about him uh also right. voicing splinter in the teenage Mutant ninja turtles movie coming out as well so maybe he's been doing a lot of voiceover work because he also did uh what was it obviously the Kung three Kung Panda Panda films yep. and they're now doing a fourth one of those so you can just assume he's going to be doing that he was in uh Nut job. lego ninjago Nut job two Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, for yeah. whatever reason. Yeah, um, <laughs> but you know, now he's doing a new police story, actually, yeah. which is very interesting. Um, he hasn't done a police story in a bit. I'm I'm gonna be honest, I wasn't super crazy about new police story. Uh so I'm very curious how new police story two is gonna turn out. Uh but it I will fine. it was fine. Yeah. I I appreciate that he that with both new police story, new police story two and police story twenty thirteen that he was going for something a little more dramatic. Right. Mm-hmm. And I can appreciate that, but it's the same way I feel about things like evil dead 2013. Okay. Sometimes when you go a little too far, the other direction, you start to miss a little bit of what makes the magic of what I love about you go away. Mm-hmm. I, get um, that. I get that. And I think that new police story was the better of the two police story films he's done in the last 20 years right it has a great fight sequence in a lego store i will give it that you guys <laughs> love lego so you know there's that yeah but i'm not like that is not the one that i would have of all the things he decided to go back to that would not have been the choice the yeah. one yeah that wouldn't have been my choice like honestly i would have rather a legacy sequel to first strike mm-hmm. Ooh, yeah that would have been kind of cool I could have seen that. You know, and some of you are smiling and nodding like, yeah, I've seen it. So I <laughs> totally 100% agree with you. Well, so First Strike is the fourth film in this franchise. Right. So it would gotcha. basically be a legacy the same. with this character. Right. It's this versus, character's first story. Versus... Because gotcha. 
to make things complicated for you, Allison, and really break your brain, New Police Story oh, no. has nothing to do with the first one. Right. It is Fuck. a in-game only yeah. reboot. Oh. And it's good, and he's decent. Or he's decent. Or it's decent, he's good in it. And if I remember correctly, I can, I could be wrong, PJ. Correct me this, because I didn't actually see the 2013 one. Wasn't that also like a totally different as well? Completely. Yes, like, and that's too... what I was going to say. And then Police Story 2013. I haven't seen that one. It's so. also a totally different film. Right. Perfect. So like he Love continued, that. he was trying to push it as like, he wanted to start telling new stories with characters like that. And I love that. But the problem is, is that again, you're kind of changing the DNA. And if you change the mm-hmm. DNA too far, now you're losing something in it. I would have been much more interested to catch up with the character we haven't seen in almost 30 years versus a character that I barely remember from 20. Years. Right. Yeah. It's a good call. I agree with that. That makes sense. Yeah. Um, so, you know, it is what it is, but we'll see. Yeah. Um, so now I think is a great time where, Paul, I'm going to start with you on this one. Mm, but okay. I want your <laughs> top three, in any order, scenes from Police Story. Okay. All right. Uh, okay. Well, I'm going to do all three. We're going to do back and forth. Right? I'm just going to do all three. Um, Just go all three. All right. Because I feel like we're still going to interrupt you anyway. That's true. And we're going to be here probably for another hour. Right. So, so I have. To be Let's be honest. I mean, does anyone shut really want to hear the from fuck Paul? up? No. <laughs> <laughs> you shut your mouth. Fuck you. We're bringing insane. For those who don't know, that is us uh, reenacting Randy from uh, Screen Two. It's great. It's fantastic. 90% of the time, we're on the same page. 100% of the time. Um, so, okay. Anyway, my first one I like. Brian, I'm going to be honest with you. That doesn't make sense. That doesn't add up. It, it smells <laughs> like pure gasoline. <laughs> Love this. Love this so much. All right. My first favorite right. part, actually, it's a small part as part of a bigger sequence. But during the whole sequence where uh, he's with, he's got the girlfriend coming over and hearing everything. The girlfriend hears everything he says and she slams a cake in his face and she runs out the door. She gets on this like, little scooter. And he just oh, like yeah. grabs her from the scooter and she flies off of it. So he gets back on the scooter and he just lifts up the scooter. And, she's and then he lets it go and she just goes, I hate you. Oh, it, it, it's such great comedy. Great physical it's comedy. It's not action sequence, yeah. it's a great physical comedy. Okay. And it's because he has a timing and she works wonderfully splendid in the scene, but it's all about his timing and how he just. Just does it so magically, so perfectly. Mm-hmm. I laugh. I, I rewind that to watch that scene every time I watch this movie. <laughs> Mag- Dude, Maggie Cheung is great. Movies, underrated. We really underrated. Like, we really didn't talk about her, but, like, she is spectacular. Her uh, her chemistry with Chan is so good in these. Awesome. Uh, and same, obviously, with Brigitte Lin. Yes. Lena. Like, they're both very good in this. And mm-hmm. that is a very specific, like, those characters are really fun, and they just work in such a specific way around him that is just hard to top. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's yeah, like sequences like that. It's sequences like the setting him up to sound like he's been sleeping with her while he's, mm-hmm. you know, while he's recording it, that stuff works in such a great way and they sell it. It's just so well done. It Absolutely. Is, I love it so much. Um, it's amazing. Uh, what else was I tried to like, I did want to, again, I want to, everybody can talk about the last sequences, right? Mm-hmm. Obviously, the last action sequences. That's part of it. But I was trying to go away from that because that was everybody was going to say. So I'm going to try to give you my, my top three away from that when I thought about it. Gotcha. Um, 
I think that's fair because I think everyone knows that that final scene is just unbelievable. Ingrained in everyone's minds, like one of the greatest action sequences of all time. It should be on everybody's Fuck list. All of you, I'm putting it on there anyway. <laughs> well, good. I'm going to talk that. I know there's not. I'll let, let you have the one. Uh, one of my other favorite lines is actually completely no action involved. I loved the sequence in the courtroom. Uh, where Jackie Chan's on the stand, and then they play the the tape recording, and it's the recording that like so the, funny. It's the recording of, of him talking about. He's like, she sat on a cactus. It's a cactus. <laughs> yeah, it gets like in, more and more. It gets worse and worse. Things are being said, and you didn't realize it. And you have the, the, the judge laughing at it, the, the criminal mm. of course laughing at it, and Jackie Chan getting more and more intensely insane. It's a great combination of what we see is that Jackie Chan's physical comedy, as far as like his facial expressions, his intensity, and what he comes later on. He gets taps into that really dark side later on it's this is the mm-hmm. that groundwork there i always thought that was a good it was a good moment for this absolutely um, um, no it, and it also gives him a chance to be a little dramatic too right. like it's a little bit of an intense sequences that it, it within too like that's a good scene really and chan's great it. like the comedy's great yeah. everything about it is fun the drama is good and it really pushes the story in a great way like this this movie is actually wickedly well paced we didn't really talk about that but this thing's kind it of is. yeah it is and i think that that's another good point to bring up like with him being like that dramatic because again this is these are the times where we're starting to see him as this face and these advertisements are popping up and the videos are coming up and this is what he has this ad and then this is what people are hearing in a courtroom including his girlfriend right and it does not match with this whole you're the face of our department <laughs> Worse and worse. Um, So for my final piece, I will I will go back to being basic. I'll let you have the basic action sequence at the end there. I want to go to the basic box for point extra phone sequence. Uh, I I, <laughs> I had that on my list. <laughs> he, I mean, it's a great sequence. Him handling it so much, and I think part of it to me is like I get it's from the eighties. It's like how crass some of the stuff is like like it's one thing we could never get away with in a movie like today like no. oh you just got raped okay hold on <laughs> it's like random stuff it's like how long ago did it happen a year <laughs> why are you calling me now, now? <laughs> like, yeah. yeah as a dispatcher i got a lot of love for that sequence actually right there of course been a police guy learning what a dispatcher does learn learn mystery yeah. so <laughs> yeah absolutely that's awesome all right uh i love that scene. that was actually on on my list too that whole that whole sequence that at the very end when he goes and he just unplugs them all and then hangs them up on the right spot though he puts them all back and then just <laughs> takes them off the phone so no one can or when, when he thinks he's talking to the one woman but he's actually talking to me about <laughs> her mom and she's like you tell your mother to go to this <laughs> Every dispatcher's dream is to unplug all the phones and just sit back. Yes. <laughs> I'm shocked you haven't done more of that, to be honest. Tape line, tape line, tape line. Um, <laughs> all right, PJ, you're up. All right. I mean, I, I'm just going to start with what is arguably and easily the best sequence in the movie. It, it, it's the finale. Yeah, like, of the, course. And that's yeah. just, it, I, and I don't want, it's not even about being basic. It's just, it's such spectacular craftsmanship top to bottom i think that everything about it when you look at it it's it's basically the thesis of the film it's right. it's everything that the film is trying to say in one place and it does it in such a specific way that again it's actually really fascinating to watch it yeah. mm-hmm. because you look at it and the things it's saying is not wrong mm-hmm. and i think that the action's great what it does is great um chor yen as you know uh the 
crime lord he's so good and you know it's funny because after this he and jackie would work together again on a bunch of different movies. yeah like he's quite a few of his movies after this so they clearly had like a very good relationship coming off of it and i think that that's really cool so you know just something about that has always stood out but that this sequence it rips man there's a reason we talk about it it yeah. just continues to be awesome. It continues to be heartbreaking. It continu- continues to be thrilling. It continues to be everything you wanted this movie to be. And it gets there and it just fucking rips. Yeah. There's no other way to say it. Absolutely. I, I agree. Uh, yeah. It, it's just that good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I always, and I said, I don't want to say basic before there isn't, I, I let it go for my film as I knew somebody else was going to have it on their list. I wanted to give oh, more yeah. love. I feel like, I feel like saying <laughs> this is like one of the best scenes of that movie is basically like saying, uh, like when we're talking Water about scenes, it, it comes up when you talk about like the greatest composers of all time. Like you're go everyone, everyone knows Well, I mean, at least Paul and I know we're going to say John Williams. So you, it's like, you just Wait, go whoa, with whoa. that with, <laughs> I don't know, whoa, PJ, whoa. who's your favorite? You will too. <laughs> Yeah, PJ, PJ, PJ will too. I apologize, PJ. What the fuck is happening? Why all of a sudden, like, I'm getting thrown under the bus? Like, I'm not going to love John Williams. PJ, you have some right. weird takes sometimes. Okay, we're going to stop the fucking tape. Weird what the takes. hell is We have some here? weird takes sometimes, PJ. We can't assume you're going to make the right choice. Just kidding. Sorry, PJ. My bad. But we all would say, I, I, I didn't want to speak for everybody. But I feel like you would say when you talk about the greatest composers of all time, people are you're you're going to have that conversation. Like who are your top three composers outside of John Williams? She doesn't want to like, speak about you. She'll speak for me though, because she knows better, I guess. That's the thing. <laughs> I'm I'm hurt. <laughs> I'm fucking hurt here, man. Like all this in Sean. All this is in Sean. I know I have my own hot hot takes, but like of that's all not going to be one of them. Perfect. So let's rewind. We'll start this conversation. No, 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 no. <laughs> it's out there now. You own this. You own all of this. She <laughs> didn't slight me. Absolutely I don't care. Sean, edit it if you want. I, I didn't get slighted. No, Sean, you leave this in. <laughs> this must stand. You leave I this need slander A. Sean, yeah, will not stand. Like. If you had asked me outside of that, sure, absolutely. I would right. have absolutely gone for James Horner at that point. <laughs> right. No, no. Good Lord. <laughs> but anyway, uh, back to the point that I was trying to make. I'm sorry. Right, right. <laughs> right. This is so off the rails. This is so off the rails. Um, shocking. But like, but when you're talking about this movie, I think that this is like the epitome to, you know, when people think of a police story. Right they're thinking of that scene honestly in my mind i feel like they're thinking of that scene and like that first car chase Mm. bus scene i think those are like the the way that they bookend the movie with this insane action sequence here and then end it with like an even more insane (laughs) action sequence it it blows my mind i think it's incredible so talking about it it's like what are your top we all know that like this is going to be one just like we all know that like when you talk about the greatest composer of all time it's gonna be john williams and if you disagree go fuck yourself yeah. but like pj does apparently <laughs> well pj has some hot takes we know that so we know that just yeah, they're, love not PJ. That they're not that like, hot they're not like, that piping well, hot <laughs> John Williams, there's no world where you don't put John right. Williams up there. The man has had more iconic film scores Absolutely. and themes than Absolutely. many than anyone I, who will ever live. This is this is the epitome of the when you assume you make an ass of you and me. And I didn't want to assume. So and I yet, assumed wrong. <laughs> and yet, 
and yet you still managed to make an ass out of yourself. I don't know what we're talking about here. I mean, I love you, but goddamn, lady. My bad. It's bad. Anyway, your next favorite scene, Um, number two. It's funny, like you, you know, you brought up the courtroom sequence, Paul. Right. But there's a scene in this movie that I think gets overlooked a lot, and it's a scene that I find really, really funny, and but also again very topical to how things are handled and it is actually the scene involving selena when they're asked to when they ask her to stay at the police precinct to talk to her privately without her lawyer and then they all stand around outside or inside and they're not talking to her at all (laughs) and so she walks back out and the lawyer's like what did they say to you and she goes they didn't say anything he goes but i'm your lawyer you can trust me you can tell me anything and he's she's like no they literally didn't say anything but the whole thing is them starting to like so this discontent between her and the right. people that she works for. Right. And I've always loved it because it's fairly comedic, but it's also like not wrong. Right. And kind of slimy and like the kind of thing that you're used to hearing them do, like planning evidence. Right. Yeah. I've been, uh, I've been re I've been watching through for the first time, um, the wire on yeah. now max. Nice. And it literally watching that scene reminded me of like, I want to see it's like in the first episode of season five where they have the one kid and they start like, they're doing these like trick things where like they take him to, a copy machine and a printer and put his hand on it and ask and treat it like a polygraph test. And the guy is just hitting the print button and it's coming out true and then false. So like they get to one question and it just prints out says false. And like all of a sudden the kid's doing this whole like confession. It literally was like immediately what I thought of when I was watching that scene. <laughs> yeah. I love the right before that sequence when uh, uncle Bill throws Jackie out. He's like, yeah, you're still here too. You got some of these. You got some- <laughs> you got these? <laughs> I, dude, I love Uncle Bill. Um, oh, what a great character, every... and what a yeah. great character actor! Like mm-hmm. every time you Bill look Tong. at Bill Tong, oh, yeah, God. Uh, dude, Bill Tong is just the best. And every time, I, I it was funny because I was talking about this actually while I was watching Police Story, and I will never forget, um, because I was talking to, to the person who had never seen the movie, and she, you know has not seen most of his stuff. So I'm kind of like walking someone through the history of Jackie Chan while you're watching the movie. Right. Mm -hmm. Right. It's like kind of a thing. And where I was having fun with it, but I was like, I always remember very specifically the first time I watched rumble in the Bronx and they put that line in where he's like, we're in America. We need to start speaking English now. And like they do it specifically so they can just dub the rest of the movie. Yep. Yeah. Which is such a hysterical thing. But what I've always liked is they have always had the same person for the most part voice him. Right. So if you've ever seen the Uncle Bill character or Bill uh, Bill Tongue in any one of Jackie's movies, for the most part in in any of the American dubs, he sounds the same. Yep. Because they just kept getting the same actor across the movie. Right. That's fine. Uh, to voice him, which is very funny to me. But what a great, great actor yeah. he is. What a great foil for Jackie, too. They just have such a great, they work off each other very great well. Great chemistry. They yeah. worked off yeah. each other fantastically. Absolutely. Um, last favorite, number three. Honestly, it's really hard because there's so many great sequences in the movie. Um, I'm going to go with the like trying to spook selena leading to the fight the fight 
where they they've set her up to make her uh-huh. feel like she needs to be protected, and she keeps hitting uh, his friend over the head with, with the, the, <laughs> the yeah every time. She's, she's like, like trying to get out. Like, not wait he's like oh no he's still going it's, and it just, <laughs> yeah. that, that 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 was one of mine too is yeah that, See, that, hey, great minds yeah, you absolutely. know proud of you. i fuck up one time but never gonna do it again <laughs> yeah. up for it. speaking of the john um, williams um <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah so like what he's i think that kind of harkens back to that idea of like how good jackie's at with at at physical comedy because it's all his physical movements at the point where his friend is passed out to like try to make be like oh no we're still fighting ah oh right. ah and he's like trying to get his friend to wake up and then she comes over with that giant like stone lamp and he just goes ah yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's good stuff i do like that quite a bit it was really good it's really um, good and then I think for me, I mean, we talked about, we had a couple of, of the scenes that I had, but one of my, my top ones um, was that we, that we've talked about a little bit, but like, but it's that, it's that whole entire bus action oh, sequence yeah. where he oh, has yeah. the umbrella. I knew one of us would probably say like, it, so I'm glad you It did. was, and I think part of it is just because of like the connection that I also have to it with like being able to like watch it, but not have like the appreciation when they, when he's standing there with the revolver and they slam on the brakes and those guys go flying through the windows. Yeah. I, hilarious and so good. Well, and like, they talked so about you, that was not really planned. They right. were not supposed to fall out. Right. right. That's the thing that people don't realize. That's why that scene, like, you actually catch it. There's only a quick shot of them within the bus because they were not really recording for that. Right. They right. were recording for him to stop. And when the bus stopped, they fell out. And that's why, like, you look, those guys are just lying there. Yeah. They right. They literally go like, through glass and fall on cement because yes. they weren't yeah. supposed to go through the glass and fall on the cement. Yeah. And, and because chance the director you see him walk behind the bus very quickly and you realize that's probably because he calls cut real fast to like right. check with this yeah, check it. make sure his team is okay and not yeah. dead how are we doing <laughs> yeah you know what like, he was funny about that though, i gotta say at least your director is jackie chan you know he's been through what you just went through yeah well i mean yeah exactly and he'd only almost died how many times to uh-huh. that point exactly. already like but that that scene is so wild. And I mean, what a great opening. This is a movie that, you know, you look at it, the movie just opens. Right. You yes. get very little information on the situation. They there is a drug lord and we are trying to stop him. Right. You, and like, here's all of its people, and this is who we're looking at. And it just it just goes. And I think that is to its benefit. I think that's a I, you're getting you're, you're getting a Jackie. You you no frills about it. you are getting a Hong Kong Jackie Chan action flick and they just throw it out to you and it's perfect it's very honestly very star wars yeah you know to be completely honest it's very star wars without the you don't need the opening crawl because you kind of do the opening crawl within this police precinct thing Mm -hmm. and then you just go yeah and Mm -hmm. you just accept the thing you're doing and that's kind of interesting actually and that's i think why it still works so well because you once you're locked in, dude, if you were if you can strap in for the first 10 minutes, it's a wild ride. Right. Mm. It really is. And you know you're in like watching these cars just driving down the side of a fucking mountain through like shanty and like blowing things, like just going. And it's the and it's practical. Like it's happening. 
It's right. Not- and that's <laughs> what, to your point. That's why when I love when they get to the bottom of the hill, the cars are just mangled right. and they have, they, they don't try to change it out. Like those were the cars you were watching and lay, they are trash. You, mm-hmm. they have shots from inside the camera where, or from inside the cars where the, the glass is breaking and you see stuff going through the windshields. Like, Honestly, I am shocked no one died. Yeah, right. Legitimately, like, yeah, we've heard much worse stories from actual Hollywood productions. So Mm -hmm. the fact that no one died making this movie is wild to me. Insane! It blows my mind that they're, especially with everything that they were doing, it absolutely blows my mind. It it could have taken one of those cars flipping wrong, Mm -hmm. one of those shanties falling wrong mm-hmm. someone falling off one of those shanties just hitting the wrong. hitting yeah just hitting the ground wrong mm-hmm. and yet no one died yeah seriously mm-hmm. i mean i think allison almost died earlier in this podcast i did i did almost thank you paul of embarrassment yeah i don't blame her i thought pj was gonna jump the screen i can't wait for you guys to come back for a police story too <laughs> oh look yeah, and yeah. kaiser's here so i'm just kidding i'm kidding he is not he is not i have not sent the link <laughs> you really worried me there for a second i'm not gonna lie to you. that would have been a great time for him to come up though let's be honest that would have been perfect. <laughs> um but i do think this is now a good time to go into my letterboxd app because we're still calling it letterboxd because that's what it is and we haven't gotten a cease and desist because i don't have that many people listening uh <laughs> you know we're gonna be honest um but we're gonna you know rate it out of five stars and i mean i'm not gonna embarrass myself out of this one it's a five. this is obviously a five star film it has everything you want it's done incredible i see where so many things pull from this movie and films like this in this hong kong and i really cannot wait to this is this and like like I said, like hard boiled mm-hmm. and having previously watched that has really opened my eyes to a genre of film that I would never have sought out or appreciated until now. So I'm really excited to keep kind of continuing this dive um into into Hong Kong action and really into kind of in, into Jackie Chan's filmography for sure. Well, I'm very happy to hear that. I'm very happy. Yeah, to hear I am that. too, to be honest, because it's it's always a thing that I push if I can. Like I always want people to discover stuff outside of just american culture and Mm -hmm. american cinema because it's very limiting not to try to see and enjoy stuff from around the world and you know i mean honestly and this is you know to kind of tie the point home and also really like show a little bit of love for ray stevenson but you know a lot of people aren't going if you haven't seen rrr you're missing an incredibly Mm -hmm. good villain performance from an actor you probably recognize in a movie that is in another country and you know now that he's gone now is a perfect time if you have not seen it to go watch it not just because the movie is great but because his performance in it is so good absolutely very good i i agree 100 percent um well before we sign off here gentlemen where can people find you guys what do you have going on Oh God! Oh, you start. Yours is always longer than mine. <laughs> the one said. time. That's what she said. Um, <laughs> at Paul underscore to you on Twitter. <laughs> You're a bitch. <laughs> you walk right into that. That Come is on. also what oh. she said. <laughs> yeah, I know. I knew what I was doing, and then I I anticipated you doing it, and I. You're welcome. I, you served it up. I appreciate. I'm it. trying to make oh, up for my for my slander. <laughs> 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 so bad. Right now. 
Uh, okay. Uh, Polish Cartoonzio on Twitter. You can find me on PLD Projects YouTube channel, uh, where you find me with this this guy doing two mediocre weight dudes on film. I also do a weekly podcast called Holy Snokes with Matty Gunner, a Star Wars podcast. I do podcasts called Class Action with him and Jari. I also do uh, Crown Jewels, A Journey Through Queen, uh, and review a podcast about V. And the Harris Dance will be coming out later this summer. But that's it. Awesome. And PJ. Uh, Twitter and Instagram, PJ underscore Campbell, hanging out with this moron doing two mediocre white dudes on film at PLD Projects. You know, we have a lot of fun over there. So we go. come on back anytime. Absolutely. There we go. And of course, for all of you, thank you so much for watching and or listening. Uh, if you are watching us here on YouTube, please be sure to subscribe to the channel. Flick and Reel, hit that little bell icon to get notifications and leave your thoughts in the comments about your favorite Jackie Chan movies for sure. Also, be sure to give us that little hit that little thumbs up like button really helps with the algorithm. If you're listening on your audio platform of choice. Be sure to make sure you have subscribed, rated, and reviewed. You can follow the show on Twitter at Reels Like Movies. And you can follow me at Allison Salamone. And until next time, my friends, be safe. I'm going to go watch some more movies. Yeah. Bye. Please do it. Let's do it. Let's do it.